may occur on the earth. If the clouds are full, they pour out rain upon the earth, and whether a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, wherever the tree falls, there it lies. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Just as you do not know the path of the wind and how bones are formed in the womb of the pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and do not be idle in the evening. For you do not know whether morning or evening sowing will succeed, or whether both of them alike will be good. The light is pleasant, but, and it is good for the eye to see the sun. Indeed, if a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all, and let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Every, everything that is to come will be futility. Rejoice, young man, during your childhood, and let your heart be pleasant during the days of young manhood. And follow the impulses of your heart and the desires of your eyes. Yet know that God will bring you to judgment for all these things. So remove grief and anger from your heart and put away pain from your body because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you once again for the opportunity to look into your word. We thank you for how you have revealed yourself uh, to in your word and how you've given us instruction for life. And so we just ask that uh, you would lead us as we look into your word by your spirit, be the one to teach us and guide us and, and instruct us and help our hearts to be prepared to hear and to uh, just know ourselves um, better through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so there's what I have for um, how I broke it up. Um, and actually, if you really look at it, uh, that second section really goes through into chapter 12, but I was like, okay, if I try to cover half of 12, I'm going to have like a few verses of 12 to finish up next week, so we're, we're just going to do chapter 11 today. So uh, verse 1, cast your bread on the surface of the waters, for you will find it after many days. So that's pretty clear, right? Everybody knows what that means. Um, from what I can gather... Um, and that's from commentaries and things like that. It seems to be talking about Solomon's trading ventures, that he would uh, send ships out to bring cargo back, and the profit that came as he did so was that idea of sending it out and it'll come back to you. So uh, that seems to be what, where that idea comes from. So there's an obvious uh, business-sided um, application for this, Nothing ventured, nothing lost, nothing ventured, nothing gained. So if I put no effort forward, what can I expect? Nothing. Um, on the other hand, the flip side of, of that coin is um, typically we want to take credit for the increase we receive. So I sent, I sent my ships out, and they came back with more, and I made profit, and look at me, aren't I impressive, didn't I do some wonderful things? But that's not how we are supposed to look at it. We may think what smart decisions I've made, look, out how, look how well it worked out for me, uh, because I'm so smart. But that doesn't really work, um, and this isn't a direct, you know, exact, but I planted Apollo watered Apollos watered, but God has caused, was causing the growth. 
So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. And it's true in spiritual matters, but it's also true in our, in our world, in our, in our physical, um, in business, in different things. Um, God is the one who allows. God is the one who is the God of the harvest. He's the one who has put this multiplication principle in the world where you plant a seed and you get a tree and you get all this harvest from this tree. You get these amazing things out of a tree. I don't think we, even as believers, I'm not sure we grasp how much God is intervening in this world, allowing us, believers and unbelievers, to prosper. If it weren't for God, the wheels would fall off and things would not go well at all. And we, we get so used to our scientific world where we know all these things and we forget. No, it's God who does these things. It is him. Um, does, this, uh, does this verse, when you look at it, does it cause you to think of any New Testament teaching in particular? It's one that's come up a couple times. And... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where did where did I learn to be kind? Exactly from God. Anything else? Absolutely. Yeah, because God's the one who's in control. Right. Made me think of the parable of the talents. God has given us all something. No one can claim that he hasn't given us anything. Yes, someone, the one guy got 10 talents, somebody else got five, somebody else got one, you know. But we all were given something. God has given us all something. What are we doing with what he's given us? What do we oftentimes focus on rather than what he has given us? Exactly. What we don't have. Sometimes we focus on what everybody else has been given or what someone else has been given. Well, he only gave me one talent. He gave somebody else ten. So, what does he say? When you're faithful with little, I'll give you more. Um, but we like to compare ourselves. You know, sure, if I had this guy's gifts and abilities, I could do these things. I, boy, if I, had, if I had what he had, I could really, really change the world. I tell, there's a couple of guys I tell all the time, if I had my looks and your money, man, I could really do some things. <laughs> I'll let that one sink in for a bit. <laughs> um, we tend to think I have all these limitations where they don't. We all have limitations and we all have gifts. What are we doing with them? What do we do when what what do our what do our comparisons accomplish for us? Excuses. I don't have to do anything. I have an excuse not to do anything. I have an excuse not to use what God has given me. 
because he didn't give me the same gifts. He didn't give me the gifts he, he should have. Um, what keeps us from using what God has given? Ingratitude? Selfish? Okay. Yep. Anything else? Okay. Fear. Overthinking things. Yeah. We have lots of reasons why we don't do the things that God has called us to do. Um, There's lots of reasons that keep us from doing the things God has called us to do. What is the one reason, what, what is the, the, the one thing we can look to and say, I can do what God has asked me to do? What should give us the confidence? He is with us. He's with us. He's asked us to do things not by our power, but by the power that he gives that works through us. That's where we get what we need to do what he's asked us to do. He's given us gifts, yes, he's given us talents, but he's also given us of himself. So use what God has given you. Um, let me move on to verse 2. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. So this one I think we understand a little better. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify your portfolio. Don't hide all your cash under the same mattress. <laughs> Why are those wise things to do? Hmm? Yeah, because life is uncertain, right? We don't know what's going to happen. Can you think of how we can go another step beyond this? What happens if you have all your eggs in several different baskets, and all the baskets fall, and all the eggs are broken? What if you diversify your portfolio? You give thanks. Your portfolio, everything crashes, you end up with nothing. What if all your cash is burned or stolen or whatever? You give thanks. What's the, oh, Israel. Okay. Okay, I think it's both. I think it, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's limited, and I, I focused on one, and I appreciate you pulling me back and going, yes, it is. It is that, I think it's both, right? Um, I, th I think it can be, it's a big principle, right? So, yes, it is generous, it, it is generosity, um, but it's also, 
it's also good in business dealings and things. There's, there's, there's wisdom here um, across the board. Um, so back to my train of thought. <laughs> What's the problem with solely focus on, focusing on doing the wise thing? Can, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's where I think it comes in where, you know, where the fruit falls or, or you know, and, and, and it's all building up to that. Right. right. Uh, I think it's about you need to get to your point of profitability. Right. And, and don't worry about specifically what necessarily you're doing and look at the results, but just use what you've been given and trust God to, right. to bear the fruit. Right? Yeah. Right, yeah, and his his plans are so much bigger, yeah. and and again back to Israel's point, the wise thing would be to say, well, I, I I'm going to make sure I've got everything covered, um, and whatever's left, I'm going to give to God. Right, that tends to be that that's the wise thing to do, according to worldly wisdom. And I think that's why they said give seven free, right? Right, you know? yeah, uh, be generous. And Right. You know, which is the results will take care of themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what if God chooses to teach you something by losing everything? (laughs) Yeah. It's not easy, is it? (laughs) Not fun, not enjoyable. But do you know God better? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, you're drawn to him. What else do you have left? Huh? That's better. It is better. It's not easy, but it's better. What if you give whatever is laid on your heart to give, and you get to the end of the month and you go, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. And you see God come through. Are we willing to let him teach us what he wants to teach us through the hard things? Yes, be wise. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Sure. But always be sure that your hope is in the Lord, not in your baskets, not in your eggs. Yeah. Right. Yeah, with no expectation. And that's oftentimes, you know, we go, well, I'm giving because I know I'm going to get something, you know. And the Bible says that, but that's not supposed to be our attitude. You know, God loves a cheerful giver, like you said. So it's, I'm giving just because I see a need, because I want to bless somebody. Whatever it is, and, and I'm not giving so that I can go, okay, now let's see. I'm, God's supposed to, you know, in a couple of days, I should be seeing something come back. 
You know, it's just give, just for the joy of giving. Um, All right, let's go ahead and move on to verse 3. If the clouds are full, they pour out rain upon the earth, and whether a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, wherever the tree falls, there it lies. And I think we've kind of said it, but I think he's just saying, God's in control of the world. Don't worry. Our scientific age may understand a fair amount about weather patterns and water cycles and all these different things, but God is the one who sustains. <laughs> You've noticed that, huh? <laughs> Even when I'm watching the, the uh, radar, you know, and it's doing it, and it's like, I can't predict, you know. If it, the storm's big enough and it's close enough, then I can probably go, yeah, it's going to rain. But I can't do it a half a day out, that's for sure. Um, and certainly, God can tell us, obviously, when it's going to rain, whenever. But he's the one in control. He's the one who sustains. He's the one who decides when and where there'll be rain, snow, wind, hail, etc., it's even in his will, even part of his knowledge of when a tree is going to fall, where it falls. And there's so much beyond our comprehension. You know, I think about how much I can think about at one time and how much God thinks about at any given, any given moment. It's, it's amazing. So our confidence can be in him. Verse 4, he who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. What's the alternative to watching the weather to decide when to plant and harvest? Yeah. Does it mean you shouldn't pay any attention to the weather? No, you should. Should you pay any attention to the seasons? Sure, you should. It's probably you know, not wise to plant in September or plan on harvesting in January. For most things, there may be some. I'm not a green thumb, so don't, you know. Somebody will come up with something. Um, yeah. See, I knew somebody would come up with something. Um, God has given us wisdom, but more than that, he's given us his favor. Yes, look at the weather pattern, patterns. Pay attention to the conventional wisdom, but don't focus on those alone. There's more. Seek the Lord. Trust in His direction. Let your hope be in Him. And if your crop fails, going back to where we were, then what? Oh, well. Praise Him because He's good. He loves you. He has a plan for you to use this, whatever this circumstances is, to draw you closer to Him. Right. <laughs> sure. Right. What are you what are you betting on and what are you and what's your what's your reason too? Um, why do you go to Vegas, you know? I, I know there are 
plenty of people who say they're going just for entertainment. Maybe that's true, I don't know. Um, but you know that there's the hope that I'm going to strike it rich. To what end? You know? Yeah. I'm gambling on the fact that, that God's going to provide. But there's also wisdom in that. I'm not betting against the house because God is generous. You know? He's not out to get me. He's out to provide. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh huh. I think it's the 18th verse, right? I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and I get this, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Yeah. Yeah. He is for us. Amazingly, yeah. Can I give you Absolutely, yeah. Several years ago, quite a few years ago, we had a, we had a Pentecost church mm-hmm. or a group of Pentecostals. And I had been asked to be on the elder board, and, but I was attending a meeting, and uh, the church was meeting in the high school auditorium. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there was a activity trying to get a church built, a building built, not a church, but a building. Right. And uh, and so in that meeting, I had I had made a drawing of, of a conceptual building with a plan view, with the dimensions so it could be used for a basketball court mm-hmm. or a church auditorium. Right. I said, how much money do you have? He said, we have $10,000. <laughs> I accepted that as from the Lord, from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Two years later, we had the first service in that building. It seated 1,300 people, and we had an overflow room, people in the overflow room, and the, the attendance never went below that, on and on, on and grew. And grew. Right. Absolutely impossible, impossible. Right. Yeah. That God made it possible. Right. He is the God of the impossible, for sure. I don't know if everybody got to hear that. Sorry if you didn't quite. I'm not going to repeat the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, he is. He is the God of the impossible. Absolutely. Um. I didn't put this up there because there's a lot of verses. So turn to Matthew 18, if you would. Um, is that what I put up there? Yes, 8. It's verse 18, so that threw me off. Lots of things throw me off. Matthew, Matthew 8, is 8 to 27. Now when Jesus proud or gave to the other side of the sea. Then a scribe came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. 
Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and allow the dead to bury their own dead. When he got into the boat, um, his, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered with the waves, but Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? And he got up and rebuked the wind and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. The men were amazed and said, What kind of a man is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? Following Jesus is uncertain. And yet it's certain. We don't know. But he knows. And we know that he loves us. Yeah. Yep. blessed him because of what he did not withhold. Mm. Not because of what he did, but because right. of what he did not withhold. Right. And then furthermore, the blessing that follows when he confirms that blessing is through your offspring, through your offspring, through your offspring will be this house. Right. So it was through the thing that he didn't withhold right. that God actually accomplished the blessing. Right. And it strikes me that Ecclesiastes Right. God has, has given you. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about the results, but focus on using them yeah. and trusting God. Right. And I think Abraham, that had to be the biggest, the greatest 